for the jobs that we've hired for, I've I've handled like pretty much all of that entire not even pretty much. I've handled handled all of that entire process. And you get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of resumes and cover letters. And it, it is it's just crazy to me because I've I've literally put in big capital letters at the top of the job ad italic and bold like i don't know how you would miss this saying we will only accept uh applicants who submit a cover letter and the amount mm-hmm. of people that don't just have attention to detail and put a cover letter in there is it's like insane welcome to the bitcoin talent Co. podcast where we interview entry level to c-level executives about working in the bitcoin industry learn about their interview process what they do day to day at their bitcoin job and advice for current job seekers looking to work full-time in Bitcoin. Hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Bitcoin Talent Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Podwashki, and today I'm joined by my friend, Andrew Howard, who is the Chief Business Development Officer at Bitcoin Reserve. Thanks for joining me, Andrew. Yeah, I did be here, Eric. Happy to uh, finally be on the Bitcoin Talents Podcast. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, happy to have you. Yeah. Let's jump right into it here. Uh before you know this Bitcoin stuff started taking over your life and and your brain, what were you doing professionally? Uh, and even like going to maybe like where you went to school, uh, yeah, your professional career leading up to Bitcoin. It's a very good question. So uh, I I joined the Marine Corps, United States Marine Corps, right after high school. I did not want to go to college, uh, and I was absolutely fed up with school at the time. So I joined the military, uh, figured that would be a bit more exciting. Yeah. And um, that's when I got orange-pilled, when I found out about Bitcoin. Um, got out of the military. I still did not attend college after that um, for a variety of reasons. But uh, And I, I just started working um, right after the Marine Corps. I, I tried a bunch, bunch of different things. I uh, Tried being a realtor. Um, I sold gold for a very short amount of time. Um, and uh, before working at Bitcoin Reserve, I was an account manager at a very big international corporation uh, called Cogent Communications. And basically, what that company was technology company, uh, they lease data center space and uh, have commercial internet contracts with. Uh, huge buildings and big cities. So that's what I was doing. Um, it did give me a, a pretty, you know, I, I learned a lot about how the internet actually works. I learned about TCP IP. Um, I was able to pick the brain of uh, sales engineers who really understood how the internet works and and uh, transitioning to Bitcoin after that, it was, you know, kind of helped me gain a better understanding of layered protocols and, and things like that. Sure. Um, and then, so that's what I was doing. I worked there for uh, over a year. I got promoted uh, within the first six months and it was a good experience. It was good to work at a large corporation. I definitely uh, would not want to do that again. And I work with a pretty boutique company right now and I've been with Bitcoin Reserve for over three years. Uh-huh. I'm also a partial owner in Bitcoin Reserve and I, I definitely prefer that but yeah. uh yeah it was a good experience yeah i want to discuss some more about like not going to college but to echo that as well i coming out of school i worked for a big not a giant corporation pretty big company and over the years it taught me 
I don't want to work in a corporation big company. I want to work for a startup. That's mm-hmm. where all the fun is at. And I honestly, I kind of just felt like more of like a, a drone, just another number on a piece of paper, employee count. Um, so yeah, being in a startup and especially a Bitcoin startup, man, you, you feel like you're really making an impact too. You do. So, uh, it's it's uh, the startup life is kind of like jumping off a cliff and finding out how you're going to survive on the way down. And in many ways, that that comparison's been used with startups a lot. Uh, it's very fast changing, and you have to think outside of the box. But um, it's it's a lot more easily to mentally engage with, and it's a lot more fun. So I agree. Yeah, could not agree more. Yeah. So I guess jumping back to the whole uh, military, not going to college. I think nowadays, including myself, if I had to redo it again, I would seriously consider not going to college, uh, especially in this digital age. There's so many resources out there nowadays to learn whatever you want and learning a skill online for a year or two. And basically, you can go and get a job in that. And so, yeah, I think college is becoming very quickly outdated. Um, what, what's your overall thoughts on the on the college landscape? Like, do you, do you plan on sending your kids to school? Do you think it's worth it for people to do that now? Well, you know, if I have a son, I only have a daughter right now, and she's okay. three months old, so that's a long time. But, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, if I have a son and he wants to become an engineer or something like that, something where you you have to uh, go to college, then, okay, that's understandable. But today, you know, in, in the West, it's like it is just hammered down in your brain when you're in high school that you have to go to college in order to get a good job. And, and what happens is you have uh, everybody doing college and they get these worthless degrees and then you come out and you don't have a job. And yeah. uh, it's just the d- degrees aren't directly applicable to any jobs in demand. And it wasn't always this way. It's actually because of fiat currency, of course, mm-hmm. like everything is, it wasn't always this way. Um, college was pretty rare. Uh, 60 years ago, you know, I mean, if you went to college, that was a really big deal and it would make a difference, but, um, the banks can give out a lot more loans to people who, who can't, uh, you know, you always have to pay the loan too, no matter what for the rest of your life. So it's a pretty good deal for the banks and no wonder they, they hand out college degrees like, uh, like candy now. So, um, and you really had a good point there too. I mean, we, we live in an age where you have computers and this thing where you can walk around with this and get any answer to pretty much any question that you could possibly have. They have so many online programs, so many things you can learn just from the internet. Um, and for me personally, I already, I understand it's not like college, but I already had years of my life after high school in the Marine Corps. And I think for a lot of employers, they want to see, okay, this person went to college, they're competent enough to be able to graduate, something like that, right? It's it's almost more of a competency question. Yeah. But in the Marine Corps, you're challenged a lot. You're in a lot of high-stress situations. You have to work with people uh, much older than you. Um, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I mean, somebody else's life is potentially in your hands. So things are pretty serious there and mm-hmm. it's going to make you grow up really quickly. So, um, in my personal situation, I think, uh, you know, my previous company I was with that, that big corporation, I was working with everybody I, I worked with once to college, except for right. me, but I think they understood how the military can translate as well. Um, now I guess lastly at Bitcoin reserve, you know, first of all, 
we're not um, we're not a huge company, right? We we've grown. I was the company's first employee, so we've we've grown definitely over the last three years since I've been there. However, we we're totally bootstrapped. We have not taken venture capital funds. We're not hiring hundreds of people, right? But when we have hired, we do not care at all if you have a college degree or not. And actually, to be honest, it's it's um. <sighs> If somebody has a college degree, that's that's fine, right? I mean, we're not going to like not look at their resume. But if somebody doesn't have a college degree, that is of interest to us because it's like, okay, well, why didn't they go to college? Do they, you know, did, have they been working for four years instead of sitting uh, at university listening to some some professor? You know, I mean, there could be an interesting background there that uh, we want to hear more about. So we really have no preference if somebody has or has not gone to college. That was going to actually be my follow-up question. I'm glad you touched upon it. Yeah, uh, I think it's interesting, especially the more startup culture. I think college degrees kind of prep someone to go into a big corporation. Uh, you know, just follow that traditional playbook. Like, here's what you do. Whereas startups, I think you need someone that that that's shown that story in the past. You know, what did they do? What, what's really the struggle, I guess, that led you up to this point? How did you get through those initial early years in your life? And that really, I think that can paint a picture if you're going to be like valuable at a startup or not. Hey guys, real quick, as a Bitcoin-focused recruiting firm, our goal at Bitcoin Talent Co. is to bring as many professionals into the Bitcoin industry as possible. Since we don't run ads, our one ask is to rate, review, and share this podcast with friends and family so more people can find this show. Thanks, and now back to the interview. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that you guys, you know, don't discourage, I guess, against college degrees, but it's becoming less relevant. All right. It is. Yeah. yeah. And and this is definitely a common trend you're seeing, like you mentioned, in, in startups and I think uh, companies that, that are already established, too, and not startups. Um, I remember seeing a – I read an article a while back, but it talked about how – I believe it was in the the '90s. The '90s was really the peak of where having a college degree was directly correlated with having a higher paying job. And ever yeah. since then, that has been declining. So since the internet, basically. Since the internet, basically, yeah. right? There's no coincidence there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, let's shift gears now. So I want to know about your your entire Bitcoin story, and then we'll bridge the gap. How you went from Bitcoin to now working in the Bitcoin space. Yeah, so my Bitcoin origin story, um, I'll try and make it concise for people. But basically, so I was active duty Marine Corps at the time. I was stationed at Camp Pendleton, San Diego, and um, I would, I, I gained an interest in, um, well, I should I should reverse. I, I read a book called The Creature from Jekyll Island, which mm -hmm. completely changed everything for me. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners on this podcast are familiar with that book. Yeah. at least heard of it i haven't read it yet but i'm very familiar with it yeah it's it's i would say it's a must read it's in that category mm -hmm. it's uh pretty mind-blowing um but you know being active duty military uh, marine corps at the time and reading about how central banks enable these wars it's uh can have create some conflicting thoughts in your head right because in America, you you uh, grow up, and at least before when you you and I were growing up, probably you know we're told we're the good guys, and all our wars are you know we're on the right team. But yeah. um, you look at 
the financial interests in, in these conflicts and uh, central banking is the only way that these wars are able to be funded, basically. Mm -hmm. So um, that led me down the rabbit hole of what is money. Uh, became a gold bug at like 19. <laughs> I would go on my weekends off. I would go to uh, the local, you know, gold bullion store and buy gold and silver and stuff like that. And then I found out about Bitcoin and um, went down that rabbit hole. And it, it uh, what year was that, by the way? That was early 2017. Okay. It was before the bull run, so I, yeah. I didn't I didn't me, buy me it. Me too, actually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I found out about Bitcoin and um, got involved there, um, and that that's basically my my Bitcoin origin story. Got it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know once you start learning about it, you learn more and more. You start buying more and more, and you become obsessed with it. At least that's that's my story. Yeah. Well, you, you probably I don't know about you, but you most people go through a through a crypto slash oh, yeah. shitcoin phase too. Yeah. You know, I had that yep. certainly. And, um, but it's, it's, uh, it's a learning experience. You know? mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people say that they wouldn't value Bitcoin as much if they didn't lose so much money on shit coins. So, yeah. okay. So you're at this around that time, I guess you're at, you're an account manager at this bigger company. Um, you have this Bitcoin thing coming in the background and then what's kind of the story that led up to you joining the Bitcoin reserve team as their first employee? Yeah. So, uh, in March of 2020, everybody knows what happened in March of 2020. That's mm -hmm. when this, uh, COVID thing shocked the world, whatever you want to call it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, cogent, the corporation I was with made an announcement that everybody's going to be working remotely indefinitely. And, uh, I, I had uh, been visiting Mexico before this, just out of interest, and you know I've never I had never been there. I wanted to see what's south of the border. I know a lot more Americans were. I knew a lot more Americans were were moving down there, um, and uh, so when that happened, I just threw everything in my car and I drove two thousand miles down to Mexico in a very beautiful, safe town called San Miguel de Allende which uh, we're currently Bitcoinizing right now, by the way. Okay. Got pretty good announcement uh, about that at this uh, Bitcoin conference I'll be speaking at in September. But um, anyways, so yeah, I, I just drove down to Mexico, was working remotely there um, for Cogent. And uh, I actually met Katie, the Russian, mm -hmm. um, who... I'm sure probably most people listening to this uh, know of. I met Katie. Her and I had a lot of mutual friends in the, uh, I don't know what, what you would call it, libertarian kind of world in Mexico. Because there's a whole group of expats all over Mexico who are very freedom-minded people and they're okay. interested in Bitcoin. And it's it's kind of a small world. So you meet a lot of mutual friends. Met Katie there and... Um, was just telling her, you know, I, I, I'd love to work in the Bitcoin space. I, I really, I don't see anything else that I would really want to put my time in. And I think this will, will genuinely make the world a better place. And, and, uh, I just, I want to get involved in some way. And I, I wasn't 
I wasn't even asking you like, Hey, do you know, do you know anybody that's hiring or anything like that? I was, I was, we were just talking and there's a bunch of people, you know, it was like a big, uh, kind of get together. We were all at with freedom minded people. And this, this was just passing in conversation. Right. And, um, Katie being the awesome human being that she is posted a, a tweet later on that day. Um, and tweet was something like, I have a friend who is a Marine veteran turned libertarian, and he's currently, uh, looking to work in the Bitcoin space. Is anybody hiring? And within 30 minutes of that tweet, the co-founder of Bitcoin Reserve sent her a DM <laughs> and said, uh, yeah, we're actually hiring. We're, we're interested in, in speaking with him. Um, so I got in contact with Bitcoin Reserve. I talked with uh, Nick and Yuri, who were the two co-founders of the company. Hmm. And it was a month-long process. And I, they tested me a lot. I had five different, uh, five different calls with them. Nick would give me these random assignments to see, you know, how my attention to detail was and, and basically wanted to see what, what quality of work they would be getting from me if they hired me. And, uh, so, you know, my adrenaline was like up that entire month, just grinding, 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 you know, I'd, I'd be working pretty late to really try and do a good job and like differentiate myself from everybody else. Um, and after that month, they, uh, they hired me and it was one of the best experiences of my entire life. Like I, you know, you, everybody knows how competitive the Bitcoin space is. And it's, it's pretty crazy that I happened to, with no prior experience at a Bitcoin company, I, I happened to get my foot in the door with, uh, with Bitcoin reserve and, and, you know, God bless Katie. Thanks so much to Katie for, for that referral. And it's been, it's been great. You know, I, I've, um, I have a great relationship with everybody I worked with at Bitcoin reserve. I consider everybody at that company, a truly good close friend of mine. And, uh, it, it, it's just an awesome circumstance that I've, I've somehow found myself in. Yeah. I love it. Uh, and I Anyone listening right now, Twitter is really the place to get a Bitcoin job nowadays. Um, I'm putting out a tweet, I think, coming out later this week. It's like, you just got to start putting yourself out there in a way. You know, start putting Bitcoin content online, especially on Twitter. Start asking the community like, hey, anyone know any opportunities in, in this domain? And you never know what's going to happen. You can have one person like Katie or someone else in the Bitcoin space see it. And you never know, they could put you in contact with a co-founder, such like your situation. Love that story. Um, I guess related to that. So you were an account manager before. Now you're doing business development. How did you build your network in the Bitcoin space? And how did you get, I guess, how did you build up the skills over the time to uh, do what you're doing now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. So I've been kind of grinding in the sales life since I was in high school. So mm -hmm. I, I've had a lot of social experiments with sales and business. So that, sure. I mean, that's, that's one I've, I've read a bunch of sales books, read, you know, how to win friends and inf influence people questions yep. that sell a lot of this stuff. It's just fascinating to me because it's, it's uh psychology. It's all way, psychology, right? right? Yep. It's all psychology and it's all for lack of a better term vibes too. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you gotta be, you gotta be, selling something that you genuinely believe in <laughs> that you would use yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And you have to care about the people you're talking to and, uh, people, 
you know, I mean, they don't want to be sold something, right? They want to have, maybe it sounds cliche, but it's really true. Like it's, it is all about relationships. It's, it's people need to know that you're a genuine person, not trying to screw them over and you have their best interest in mind. And if the thing that you're selling is not a good fit for them, you know, I, you should tell them it, it's that simple. And maybe you're not going to make a sale right there, but, uh, karma, I'm a firm believer in karma, right. Or whatever you want to call it, but what goes around comes around that, that sort of a thing. Um, so anyways, to answer your question, as far as, uh, translatable skills, a lot of it was, you know, in, in the startup life, um, you want to find somebody that can learn quickly as well. Um, I, I was three years ago, so I was, I was in my earlier twenties at the time mm -hmm. I'm 26 now. So you can take a bit more of a risk at that time. And, um, so I've worn, I've worn many hats over the last three years of Bitcoin reserve. And a lot of this stuff is, is not what I've had direct experience in, you know, but I, I can learn things and I am a fairly competent human being. So I can write stuff down and memorize what, what steps you have to take. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've now I've, I've had experience in recruiting, hiring, um, even compliance checks, uh, placing very large trades for high net worth individuals, speaking with high net worth individuals about the entire process we take them on when they want to buy Bitcoin, consulting with them about best practices with hardware wallets, a lot of different things um, that I've gotten experiences with at uh, at Bitcoin Reserve. So mm -hmm. I hope that answers your no, question. Absolutely, yeah. And I guess as a salesperson too, what's your what's it like selling Bitcoin and Bitcoin services compared to other things you've sold in the past? Uh, that's a fascinating question right there, actually, because Bitcoin is not, it's not like a product where you can just call random companies and people and then sell them Bitcoin. Sure. It, it is vastly different from that. Um, I mean, if you did do that, people would think you're scamming them for sure, because there, there are so yeah. many presuppositions about yeah. it. And uh, a lot of people have a bad impression of it because of all the FUD that we're familiar with, which we could write down a list of. And that's, that's somebody's going to have one of those pieces or more about the FUD. The government's mm -hmm. going to ban it. It's too volatile. It's a Ponzi scheme. It's, uh, you know, it, all these things. So how that translates to being a Bitcoin brokerage, one thing that we've found success in is making strong partnerships and, and uh, developing allies with Bitcoiners who are trusted in their own spheres, okay? So when, I don't know about you, but when I first bought Bitcoin, I found out about it through a YouTuber and uh, became interested in it. And I asked a friend of mine how to buy it because I knew that a friend of mine already bought it before. So I asked him, you know, wh where did you buy Bitcoin? He bought it off Coinbase, of course, because that's where everybody was buying back in 2017. Yeah, me too. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you go. So that is often the case with people when they first buy Bitcoin. They know somebody else that already did, and they go to them and they ask, how do I buy it? That's usually, not always, but that's pretty common. Mm -hmm. And so what we um, strive to do as a company run by Bitcoin maximalists with purist 
ideological structure behind the company is we want to be the option that that people refer to so you know for you you're probably known as the bitcoin guy and your network of friends and family and coworkers and all that and you and i uh we can't help americans buy bitcoin unfortunately but if you were a european or in the middle east or something like that right it would be a very good fit because why would it be a good fit because we're ideologically aligned um you know that when you send your aunt to Bitcoin Reserve, she's not going to be able to sell Bitcoin for Ethereum on the same platform. Okay, she's not going to leave her Bitcoin on our platform because we literally force our clients to take self custody. They they can't even if they wanted to leave their their coins on our platform, they would not be able to. So you know that people using Bitcoin Reserve are going to have best practices, and that's why a lot of um, a lot of uh, Bitcoiners around the world that we work with refer clients to us because they know they'll get best practices. Yeah, and that's that's a great business model. And being a Bitcoiner myself, I like to refer people to companies like yours because I know you guys are going to shy them away from all the other cryptocurrencies if they're curious about it and really show them a way to properly custody and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I want to dive some more into the the company itself. Um, can you paint the picture? Like, what are all the services you guys are offering right now? Um, and then some more about the company. It's like, how big is it? What's the company culture like? I think you said basically all Bitcoin Maximus, right? Yeah, that's uh, a requirement, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, we, okay. we don't. Uh, yeah, they have to be ideologically on the same page. But yeah, so about Bitcoin Reserve itself, what's What's the full suite of services you guys offer? So uh, in a nutshell, we are a Bitcoin only brokerage that helps uh, people all over the world buy and sell any amount of Bitcoin. So uh, again, excluding the United States and Canada. Um, if there is somebody that wants to buy 100 euro worth of Bitcoin, they can do that with us. If somebody wants to buy over 100 million euro worth of Bitcoin, they can do that with us as well. Um, now, for those larger purchases, that's something we've specialized in over the last few years. We've been in business since 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and why would a high net worth individual want to use us versus Coinbase or Kraken or other options? Um, because they, well, a lot of clients use us because they, they like the fact that uh, they can pick up the phone anytime 24-7 and talk to a real human being. He will yep. literally guide them from A to Z throughout the entire process. If you are a wealthier person, generally you're going to be older too. So Bitcoin season is even more confusing to you. Um, high net worth individuals, family offices, they want to speak to a human being. Okay, They don't want to do everything on their own. They want to talk to a person. Uh, they want to... They have a bunch of questions, right? So we'll guide them through the entire thing. Um, we'll help them with self-custody. By the end of it, an 85-year-old high net worth individual should be able to hold their own private keys and safely buy Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's one aspect of the company. We also offer liquid Bitcoin. We were, uh, I believe, besides Bull Bitcoin, the first uh, Bitcoin company to offer liquid. And uh, we offer settlement and stable coins as well. So um, 
obviously stable coins aren't competing against Bitcoin and, and we have uh, effectively this the same view that Samson Mao has about how stable coins ultimately lead to more Bitcoin adoption. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's the company in a nutshell and uh, that's who we're helping. Got it. And what's it like working with other Bitcoiners day to day compared to you know previous jobs you had in the fiat world? Oh, it's great. I can actually speak what's what's in my brain. I can I can voice my my thoughts on things. It's yeah. um, you know, I it's it's fantastic because I'm sure you've noticed this, but you go to a Bitcoin conference or a Bitcoin meetup and there are just so many barriers that are normally there when you don't know somebody and you meet them for the first time that are down. Um once you understand that the money itself is corrupt, it's been corrupted, that, that really changes your worldview a lot because if the money you're carrying around in your pocket all day and working for all day uh, is, is ran in an immoral way, what else is, right? Mm -hmm. That's going to cause so many other questions and so many other aspects of life. And... Um, so Bitcoiners have, you know, we don't agree on everything. We're always arguing with each other on Twitter, but we do have a lot of things in common. And uh, Bitcoiners are generally more disagreeable people. Um, we want to find the truth of things. We uh, care about freedom more than the average human being. So, yeah, it's great. I, I, I absolutely love meeting up with my team at, you know, we'll go to conferences and, and uh, just hang out, you know, and, and uh, solve all the world's problems, talk about a bunch of different things. And yeah, I, I really, I really cherish that. I really cherish the ability to uh, work with people that I, I genuinely like. Yeah. I've said this over and over too. So it's like, let's just say you're spending eight hours a day with your job. Might as well be, be with people you enjoy. That's going to be like a third of your life. So working with other Bitcoiners is a great, great benefit of joining a Bitcoin company as well. Uh, yeah. And echoing the the traveling with your, your team too. I remember working my old engineering job. I used to hate traveling because like, I just was not interested in hanging out with other uh, coworkers. Didn't really care about my job as much. Uh, now, whenever I get to travel with my team, my new team, Bitcoin Talent Co., man, I'm looking forward to it like months in advance. I'm like, oh, I can't wait. Yeah, that's the stark difference and just generally leads to a happier life, I think. Uh, so if you're contemplating leaving your fiat job to work in Bitcoin, there's so many benefits and those are just a couple. Uh, jumping over now to um, what you do. So as a chief business development officer at a Bitcoin company, what's your day to day like? Yeah, my day to day. Well, it's, it's not like uh, one thing or one set of things every day it's it's a lot of different things um so obviously my my job is to develop business right mm -hmm. as the title says but that can encompass many things so um a lot of it is is talking to clients which i really enjoy because our client you know working with bitcoiners is one thing but talking with bitcoiners all day that's that's another thing and that's yep. a lot of fun too because uh -huh. You meet so many different kinds of people, and especially high net worth individuals who are also Bitcoiners. It's like, wow, um, really smart people that uh, um, think outside the box, and uh, it's it's really a lot of fun. So I'll talk with clients uh, and uh, 
try and, you know, have, have, sometimes I'll have a first meeting with the client and explain the company to them. And, and, uh, that can inevitably lead to just a conversation about world events and, and all this crazy stuff happening, right? Bitcoin just touches so many topics. So a lot of client meetings, um, partnerships with other Bitcoiners. We partner with a lot of Bitcoin consultants mm -hmm. because they're often doing the orange pilling and they just need a, a reliable company to send the people that they've orange pilled to. So a lot of partnerships with consultants or other Bitcoin companies. Um, creating content too. So whether that be some ideas for social media, uh, we have a podcast, the Bitcoin Reserve podcast. So that's a lot of fun. We'll interview podcast guests and we can get some good video snippets that we can post on social media after that, yeah. that people find intriguing. Um, writing articles. I've written over, I believe, 15 articles at this point. Um, we also wrote a little booklet too. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's called uh, Bitcoin, Everything in 21 Pages. So I saw you post about it. I haven't read it yet. Gotta check it out. Yeah, yeah. It's um, the response has been been it it it's been great. It's um, it's being translated to Spanish, Serbian, Czech, and uh, Dutch right now. So that's four. Awesome. Yeah, and we we got a picture from uh, uh, Trezor the other mm. day of somebody in Uganda holding holding a printout of the book. That's so cool. So, yeah, I love yeah it. it's just awesome seeing so many people get value out of this book. Um, yeah, our CMO Michael and I co-authored it, and you know it's pretty short. Anybody can read twenty one pages, right? Yeah. I mean, the Bitcoin standard is for sure better. I'm not going to say that our book is better. I mean, that's that is like the Bible of Bitcoin, but Unfortunately, not everybody will take the time to read a 300-page book on Bitcoin, right? Yeah. So 21 pages is very digestible. Um, anyways, I, I there, there are just a lot of <clears throat> different activities that we're involved with. Like I said, I mean, at being at a startup, you you have to do so many different things. I mean, I, I could be doing anything from writing articles to uh, talking clients to placing a 500,000 euro trade or 1 million euro trade for a client. So right. it all varies. Um, and other things too, like the startup life, you want to have people who are self-starters. You don't want to be micromanaging people. It's literally the opposite of a corporation corporation. Mm -hmm. Your entire day is planned out. It, it's, you're doing the same thing everybody else is doing. It's like very, uh, rigid, you could say. Startup life, you want to have people who think outside the box, people who have their own ideas. Um, and a lot of it is just uh, a lot of your ideas get rejected. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's a big thing is we want to have uh, independent thinkers who, who come up with ideas and most of those ideas will be rejected, but some of them will be pretty good. Right. So, um, and that leads to... Um, I don't know, kind of leads to unique things. Like, like I had the idea of they own Bitcoin.com. I don't know if you've been on that website, but, um, are you familiar with Bitcoin treasuries? Yeah. Okay. Right, so, all public, public and private companies and how many of them are allocating part of their, uh, portfolio, sorry, not their portfolio, their, their wealth into Bitcoin. Yeah. Their balance sheets into Bitcoin. Balance, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so, um, we posted a website called theyownbitcoin.com, which is, it's kind of like Bitcoin treasuries, but for individuals and nothing yeah. like this existed before. So you've got mm. corporate executives, politicians, a bunch of over a hundred notable oh, individuals. That's cool. Yeah, that's a cool resource. Yeah, it is. And, and people have found value from it because um, 
you know, we want to orange pill people as a Bitcoin company, right? But right. at the end of the day, we need to make money and we do that through orange pilling people. And um, when somebody calls it a Ponzi scheme or, you know, scam or something like that, people can send this website to to those uh, skeptics yep. and you see, okay, former CEO of Doodle owns Bitcoin, uh, former president of PayPal, co-founder of Apple. You have all these big names and it's like, okay, you know, what, what do you know that these people don't? No, that are already yeah. on Bitcoin. So that's the strategy of mine as well. In the past, it's uh, pointing to people that high net worth, uh, major CEOs, or whatever that own Bitcoin, and saying that exact same thing. It's like, what do they know that you don't know, and why are right. you so skeptic about it? Uh, I guess also related to that, um, thinking about you know your your day to day as developing business. How important is building a social media, like following, just having a presence on social media for both your personal um, benefit and your company benefit. How, how important is that today? It's very important. Um, I I had, I mean, I, I built up my Twitter from zero to 7,500 approximately in three years, which isn't even, you know, I mean, it's a decent amount, but it's nothing compared to a lot of people. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, that that alone, that process of building up a network on Twitter has been very helpful. And yep. for people that uh, don't know a lot about Bitcoin Reserve and for people that, uh, uh, you know, it, it's, it's almost like social proof of work. Even if you're just on there, people see you're a real person, they can stroll your page and see your thoughts on different things, right? It adds a lot more of a personal element to it. Mm. Um, even with our, our, uh, our developers, right? They're not in business development or anything like that, but um, they have their own personalities. They have their own thoughts and people see that they worked with Bitcoin Reserve and um, it adds a lot more of a human element to things. Um, so I, I think that's, that's extremely important. And when, when we hire people, I, I want to see their Twitter account. I want to see yeah. what they're posting. I want to see, um, you know, I mean, that's, if somebody has a large following, obviously that's going to be helpful for, for the company too. And if somebody doesn't have a large following, it's not the end of the world. Right. I mean, yeah. it's not like imperative, but, uh, just being on there is, is, uh, pretty important. Um, I guess, so, uh, yeah, when yeah. you're looking through applications for a job too, how much do you weigh that? Um, someone's social media presence, following all that goes into it. How much does that matter? Uh, it depends on the job. So our, our other developer, um, you know, I mean, he had thousand or so followers. So, but it's not like for a job like that, it's not imperative to have a, a huge following. Um, now for more, marketing focused job, that's a lot more important, right? Because you have to understand Bitcoin Twitter. I mean, that's, that's a lot of the Bitcoin culture is on Bitcoin Twitter. Now there are a lot of, it's funny because there, there are many clients of ours who you would be very surprised the amount of wealth that a Twitter account with less than a hundred followers has. Yep. <laughs> and usually it's, it's like the random aloof, Twitter accounts with basically no following, they, they have serious wealth sometimes. Yeah. Um, so it's not always indicative, but, um, it, it, it is, I, I would say it, it depends on the role, 
But if it's a more biz dev marketing focused role, it's pretty important to have an understanding of Twitter. Yeah, and I'm always surprised too. Every day, at least, I, I swear, every day I get one message at least from an on Twitter account with 50 followers that's some like big C-level executive. And it blows my mind that these guys are just lurking in the corners, uh, closet Bitcoiners. So hopefully over this decade, we get more people to openly uh, come out and say they're into Bitcoin as this in industry matures. And I think we're getting there as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, so back to the, I guess, hiring as well. Is there a specific question you'd like to ask um, potential um, job seekers when they're in the interview process? Like, are you screening for anything in particular? Um, yeah, I mean, anything in particular. Well, yeah, they, they have to be, we have to bring on people who uh, have a passion for Bitcoin and Bitcoin only. I mean, that's okay. really imperative for us. I mean, I, I know other companies, I've, I've seen CEOs of Bitcoin companies trying to debate about this and other CEOs, they want to hire for people who are just qualified for the job and they can get orange pilled during the process. And okay, that's fair too. But um, just culturally too, it, it's going to be a better cultural fit yeah. if if somebody's already got the same viewpoints we have and mission we have, it's, it's a pretty important thing. So I would say that's a big one. Um, How exactly are you doing that? Is there like a certain question or is it just kind of the vibes? That you I've literally asked candidates, do you own other altcoins? Okay. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, I, that's a question I've asked. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing though, in my opinion. What do you yeah. think? I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it says a lot. I mean, it says where you're at in the process. It says if you're more interested in gambling than helping the world go to a form of money that doesn't enslave people. Right. Sure. I mean, it, it says a lot about uh, where somebody is at in the process of, of being a Bitcoiner. So, yeah. And I think even if, I don't know, let's just say someone says I own 90, 95% of my portfolio is Bitcoin. That other 5% is all coins just because, I mean, there's the potential to make a quick buck. I don't know. How do you feel about that? I, uh, I see that as like less yeah. gambling and just, I, I say so much more of a Bitcoiner. I, I would agree for sure. I mean, at yeah. least they don't actually believe in these stupid cryptocurrencies yeah. <laughs> that are doing absolutely nothing productive. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I, I, I guess, I mean, a lot of Americans go to Vegas every couple of years and yeah. gamble and, but uh, yeah, I, I would say that's excusable. I, I personally would not do that. And um, I think it's still a waste of time and money because if you look at the total addressable market of Bitcoin, it is ridiculously huge and the most asymmetric bet compared to literally anything else you can invest in. But uh, that's me. So. I just like hearing perspectives, I guess, from other hiring managers in the industry, how they're thinking about it. Yeah, I think we're pretty aligned now. Um, yeah. cool. So I guess as we're wrapping this up here, what's a piece of advice you give to someone that's looking to break into the Bitcoin industry and work in maybe sales, biz development, something along those lines? Yeah, good question. Um, so a few things. One is have, uh, social media presence for sure. Okay. You gotta have, like we mentioned, you gotta be on Twitter. Noster too. I mean, it's, 
I personally think Nostra is going to become a lot more important as time goes on. I think Twitter is just going to continue breaking and getting even more ridiculous. Hmm. Um, and if you're on Nostra, you're really a hardcore Bitcoiner, basically. You That's know? true. I mean, hopefully it doesn't stay that way. We need more people outside of Bitcoin to be on Oster, but um, right now, mm -hmm. yeah, right now. Um, and uh, yeah, I have a good cover letter. You gotta. I mean, I I can tell you for the jobs that we've hired for, I've I've handled like pretty much all of that entire. Not even pretty much. I've handled handled all of that entire process, and you get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of resumes and cover letters and it, it is it's just crazy to me because i've i've literally put in big capital letters at the top of the job ad italic and bold like i don't know how you would miss this saying we will only accept uh applicants who submit a cover letter and the mm -hmm. amount of people that don't just have attention to detail and put a cover letter in there is it's like insane <laughs> yeah, so following directions like step one that's step one and i, I yeah. put that in there so that way i can see who has attention to detail and who doesn't yeah. have attention to detail right yeah. like that alone is a screener so write a write an intriguing cover letter all right you know the first three sentences should be captivating and i don't want to hear all about you i want to hear about why you believe our company will uh will benefit from you Right. So it's just like, uh, you know, the book I have right there, how to win friends and influence people. When you look at a picture group picture, who's the first person you looked at. It's yourself. You're always mm -hmm. going to look at yourself first. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, people and companies, they want to hear about how we want to hear about how we can benefit from you. All right. Yeah. So, um, don't be all me, me, me. Um, yeah, so social media cover letter, attention to detail. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I would say just, oh, another, another one, this one's important is if you happen to know somebody who knows us, personal introductions are, are big. Um, that's a big social proof word sign. That's if, if there's somebody that I know and I trust and they're saying that, uh, John Doe is, is a solid guy and a good guy, um, then that has a lot of weight to it. So, um, personal contacts are huge as well. Um, and also just proof of work in the Bitcoin space, right? Like <clears throat> there's, um, the Bitcoin space is very competitive. Everybody wants to work in a Bitcoin company for all the reasons we discussed on this podcast. So if, if you've got a podcast yourself, if you've written articles on Bitcoin, if you have a Bitcoin consultancy that you do in your spare time where you have a website and you teach people how to self-custody and how to buy Bitcoin and all these things, right? Like some kind of – I want to see some kind of extra work that you're doing to spread the good news of Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. you got to have some kind of passion for that already. So, um, yeah, that would be my advice for, for somebody looking to get a job in the Bitcoin space. It's probably the most solid advice I've heard yet of all the guests we've had. I think you touched upon all the major things. So if you're listening right now, job seeking in the Bitcoin space, just implement those like three or four things Andrew just mentioned uh, and do that for a couple of months. And I'm not going to guarantee you a job, but you'll be very high chances you'll land one, at least yeah. land a bunch of interviews. That's great. Well, cool, Anders. Thanks so much for your time today. As we're wrapping this up here, how can the audience uh, find you online and how can they find out more about Bitcoin Reserve? 
Sure. So uh, BitcoinReserve.com, that's how they can find us. Uh, I am on Twitter at Andrew underscore J underscore Howard, and you'll see my Noster uh, posted in the pinned tweet as well. Um, definitely prefer Noster. And uh, yeah, that's basically it. Like I, like I said, we also have a podcast where, um, you know, it's pretty important as a company to have a podcast too, because people see that you're a real person and all that. So we have uh, a lot of FUD debunking on there, a lot of fun topics. So um, yeah, it's how people can find me and us. Awesome. Yeah. So go reach out to Andrew, go check out Bitcoin Reserve. Uh, and hopefully we'll have you back in a year or so to, to see the progress of Bitcoin Reserve where you guys are at. For sure. For sure. Hopefully the bull market will be uh, around that time, right? Oh, man. I'm mentally so let's see. right now. Yeah. Okay. All right, Andrew. Cool. Thanks. All right, Eric. Thank you. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. And I really hope you found value in this podcast. If you are a job seeker looking to work for a Bitcoin company, or you're a part of a Bitcoin company and need help with finding talent for your team, please head over our website at www.bitcointalent.co and get in touch with our team. Thanks until next time.